Welcome. Special episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Dan Hitt. We're doing dueling questions today. So I will be surprised, you will be surprised, and Dan will be surprised because <laughs> it's unscripted. We don't know what each one is going to be. We go back 40 years approximately. And so I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on some of these things, but we will find out in the next 15 minutes. But thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Panini, Upper Deck, and Tops. So those are the sponsors. I'm here with Dan. We got dueling questions. And Dan, you know the format. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And I have to say, Jim, I'm a little bit nervous about this. Are you nervous about your questions or your answers? No, your questions. Uh, I'm going to be tame. Don't worry. But you can't know that in advance. So go ahead. Hit me. Okay. All right. Um, we'll start off with uh, maybe a little bit of a softball, but I've always kind of wondered this. Um, you, you're obviously always been a, a lifelong ba- – I, I consider you a lifelong baseball guy. Let's make that assumption even if it may not be true. But uh, set baseball aside, what is your second favorite sport, either to collect or just to enjoy the sport? Okay. Uh, I've been asked that before. I would say to collect, uh, I think it's football behind baseball. I mean, I, I do have NASCAR. I do have uh, I do have golf. I do have uh, hockey. I do have basketball. But probably football is second. When I'm going to a show, I look at baseball, and uh, and football is right up there. I, I have a good knowledge of football and enjoy football. Okay, that's part of, part answer. That's what I collect. As far as what I used to enjoy playing the most, uh, it would be baseball and basketball. But you said not baseball, so I would say basketball would be the sport I played the most you know, pick up games and, and stuff over the years. I don't play anymore, but I really enjoy that. And as far as watching, uh, you can, my answer is based on what, what I've done is that I've had season tickets that you've sat at uh, many times over the years for the Mavs, but they're the only tickets that I kept when I sold the company. And so the Mavs watching uh, basketball is uh, more fun. It's actually more fun than baseball too. So uh, a lot of fast moving, great athletes and uh, Luca mania is here. So, so yeah, I would say it's football to collect. Uh, basketball to play and watch mm-hmm. my turn. Yes, okay. sir. When people talk, uh, and you, since we've known each other for 40 years, you could give any answer you want on this. When people talk about the good old days, what do you think they're talking about? What do you think that would mean? What do you think that should mean in the, in the sense of the hobby of the industry of collecting baseball and football cards, the golden age, the good old days, what, what time period do you think that means for you or for the rest of the industry? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, uh, for me, it's easy. It's the 1980s. But for some people, it may not be. You know, the 90s, in a way, were a golden age because it was similar to the 1980s starting out. There was an explosion of new card companies and just this kind of exponential increase in the size of the industry in the early 90s. But for me, it's 1980s. That's when it really boomed, I think. And it could be just because that's when it, my awareness grew. But card shops for me, seemed to have started in the 1980s, like 70s, 80s. Uh, three, you got three baseball card companies. You got traded sets and the expansion of just the number of products and just the overall value of the industry exponentially exploded in the 1980s. Um, they laid the groundwork for everything that doubled or tripled into the 90s and 2000s, I think. So I think uh, for me, it's 1980s. Um, for other people, I'm sure it's whatever period of time, but uh, the good old days is the 1980s was a huge explosion, I think, and transformed it into a business. Okay. Well, that's interesting because many people uh, suggest that the dividing line between vintage and modern cards is 1980. 
So mm-hmm. that, that would uh, be some explanation of that. Okay, uh, your turn. Okay, let's see. Um, this may be, I'm sure you've answered this, and it may be at nauseum, so you can have a five-word answer if you want. But what's going to be the long-term impact of this having truncated seasons, having canceled seasons, shortened, delayed seasons here for all the kind of the four major sports. NFL, maybe aside, NFL might have a whole season, but the other ones are going to be damaged in some form or fashion. What's the collecting impact of that? Well, I hope the collecting impact is a lot of discussion, a lot of enthusiasm about the fact that we even have sports, whether it's a partial season or or not. Uh, uh, it's unlike the uh, the, uh, the baseball strike of uh, 94, 95 and some of these other work stoppages where where the play where the um, the fans were angry at the players and the owners and all that. This is uh, this is totally different. So this is a, a frustration uh, at, at the system, at the disease, at the. Uh, the fact that we we live in a world that uh, has disease and uh, impacts uh, normal lives, not just uh, the, the the field of sports. So uh, I hope people will cut some slack and be appreciative of what they have. What I have, being a numbers guy, is uh, the, the dilemma of the consistency of statistics and uh, the uh, difficulty of comparing. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if somebody had a streak of so many years of doing something, anything that's based on uh, longevity or, uh, or, you know, somebody leads the league in home runs with 19. Well, that, that sounds like 19, the 1920s uh, or, or the, the teens or something, but a uh, hundred years ago. But if you have a 50 game season or a 70 something game season, it's, it's, it's hard to evaluate that. Uh, on the other hand, the, the other thing that would be exciting is that uh, you could have in major league baseball, you could have a starting pitcher be undefeated for the season you could have uh i mean again you could just be on a roll so i, I just think it's going to distort some of the statistics because on a shorter season you you have a lot more variability you could have a baseball player hitting 400 which i think you'd have to put an asterisk by that so anyway it's problematic to me because i'm a purist i like i like things to to be the way they are uh on the other hand i'm kind of an optimist and i think sports will endure they'll find a way to be in the uh public consciousness. The other problem is I'm on a roll here is that I'm interested in what's going to happen when all four sports four major sports have big games on the same evening or the same day. <laughs> and it's just not, we're going from nothing to watch to too much to watch. So it'll be interesting to see how people divide up their loyalties when they've got um, an NFL game, a, a baseball playoff game and the finals of the NBA on the same day. So, <laughs> anyway, that's, is that enough for that one? It is. Okay. okay. I, I like I, it. Okay. Dan, you were, you just served so well back at publications and back at media after I was gone, uh, well-respected by everyone. Uh, but it, at, uh, there came a time where you decided to move on and start a home inspection business. And so my question is not second guessing that, but what have you found in the, in, in having your own business and, uh, and, and, and the home inspection, how is that similar or what, what did you carry over from pricing football cards and managing an apartment to, uh, to uh, the home inspection business? So what, what are the similarities or what was it like? Because in some cases, my listeners are thinking I would have gone the other way. And yet you have <laughs> most of your life you were in the, in the organized hobby. So tell us about that transition and what you learned or, you know, what's, what's exciting about the home inspection business that uh, relates back. Yeah. Uh, Well, um, I've been very blessed, uh, to say the least. Okay. So I've been blessed by relationships, including yours, might be forefront. Um, 
people along the way, my good buddy Scott Kirkland that I mentioned in another episode, uh, other people, Wayne Grove along the way. Uh, in the early days of Beckett, guys like Grant Sandground and the other analysts, uh, Al Muir, Mike Hirsch, Rich Klein, all those guys that, that helped me, um, you know, grow and develop into a, you know, a, a professional, I guess, uh, at some level. And so I always wanted to have my own business, uh, but I loved what I did so much that I couldn't leave. <laughs> you know, how could you leave? Uh, I hated leaving the card shop, but I felt I needed to, but it certainly couldn't leave Beckett. That was, uh, I don't know if I could ever design my own dream job. If I did, I think it'd be that job that I had as a football analyst. And I think it just built me into a mature a professional that could finally have the courage to start a business on your on my own, and uh, you know I learned so much from the leaders there, uh, guys like Fred Reed and Joe Glendo and uh, Mark Harwell, of course, and Jeff Amano. Those guys had you had such great leaders there that were showing me how to have your own business, even though they worked at Beckett, they operated as if it was their own business. That's what made Beckett so great, I think, is that you had a lot of uh, really, really smart, good leaders there. And I learned so much. And that's really um, been a huge impact on whatever success I've had with my business here as home inspections. Okay, you left out the, um, I, that, that, go that, ahead. the rumor is you started the home inspection business to be able to get paid to look in attics for oh. <laughs> parts of the you know, what's funny about that, um, as I've probably mentioned, I love uh, history and I love collectibles. Um, and when I was a kid, I collected all kinds of stuff. I collected rocks. I collected old uh, soda bottles. And, and people in the 70s collected beer cans. And, of course, I was a kid. You know, I was to collect beer cans, right? But uh, we would find them sometimes. Well, I was in an attic in a, in a, a, a townhouse, apartment-style townhouse that was built in the 1970s, probably in the 60s, early 70s. I was up in, up in an attic. And I found a couple of original 1970s-era a beer can, Coke can, and a Dr. Pepper can, and the original tin cans. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. So <laughs> never found any baseball cards or anything, no sports collectibles, but uh, I thought that was the coolest thing up in that attic. Okay. That's how uh, sweating up there. Yeah. Okay, your turn. Another question? Okay. Do you have a favorite founding father? I don't mean hobby founding father. I mean the United States, the country. Uh, okay. Well, I, I've never, you have said, you ever had that question before? Asked, but, uh, uh, gosh, any answer I would give would be so presumptuous, <laughs> but probably what the first thing that comes to mind is George Washington, because he, he was able to walk away and allow, you know, which I, 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 I'm not drawing a complete parallel, but, uh, I was able to, uh, w- walk away appropriately, you know, selling, I didn't feel like I sold out, but I sold the company. It was time for somebody else, uh, another entity to, to uh, take over. And so George Washington, he could have done another term pretty easily, could have been president for life maybe, but at some point he made a choice that I'm going to, uh, step aside, let others, uh, do it and allow it to blossom because it needs to live on, uh, beyond, uh, his, his, um, his himself, you know, that he's just a person. He was a very capable person. I was a, just a person and a, and a very capable person in many respects, but uh, it, it was time to let somebody else be president. And so that's, that's the, the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Great. Did, did you have somebody in, you want me to be uh, Abraham Lincoln or something? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, George Washington. Yeah. Just start right at the top. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, last question, because we're essentially out of time, and you may have a short answer, but, uh, you know, we were in sync, I believe, you and I, in, in many respects. I don't remember any knockdown dragouts about the price of football cards. You, you know, I, I think we're both pretty sensible guys and not really hysterical or anything, but was there anything that happened in your, in over the course of 40 years where you uh, disagreed with me or you thought, oh, I don't think that's going to work or anything that came up? where you thought, I don't know if that's the right thing, you know, whether it turned out okay or not, but did you ever think we were out of sync? Cause I, I don't know when it would have been. And I'm still trying to figure out, I mean, I have great memories, but you were a sharp guy. You were seeing some of the same things I was seeing. Is there anything that came up in the company mm-hmm. or the industry where you may disagree? I don't think so. When it came to like pricing cards necessarily, I mean, we may have had, uh, you know, uh, a few kind of minor discussions that we didn't, you know, on dollar, dollar here or there kind of things. But um, I think maybe when we were planning and formulating um, Becca grading, kind of in the real early days, not not BGS, it was operate, not operational, but just kind of planning it. And we, it was kind of in the discussion phase for, gosh, probably a year or something before we really even took any kind of action. And I think in, in those, uh, you know, those times we probably had some, but nothing real specific. But I'm sure because that was such a, a challenging thing to to develop. Well, uh, we're out of time, but two things. Number one, thank you for being a a huge part of the impetus. I I believe what you're trying to say in a nice way that I was probably the one dragging my feet because it was a big, big step for us to get into grading. It was the right step. You and, uh, and, uh, and Grant and, uh, and Mark Anderson and Wayne, uh, there were a number who stepped up and said, we're going to, we're going to work this out. We're going to make it happen. And I thank you for that. The company thanks you as well, because it turned out to be a great, great thing. And it was, it was built on those uh, uh, early contributions and all the hard work you all put in uh, to get that going. So yeah, I probably did drag my feet a little bit risk averse on that because, you know, we were in the price guide business and now, uh, uh, and then that allowed us to move into a, a broader level of service to the industry. So Dan, you were a huge part of that. Thank you, Dan. Thank you listeners. Uh, we'll be back again with another episode uh, tomorrow. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards is tomorrow.